is the, one of the most important issues of our time. Division in the Middle East hits home, escalating violence in the Israel-Gaza conflict and the search for a Vancouverite missing in Israel. Plus, there was gun. All I saw was his cross floating in the water. Devastating loss. A grieving mother still grappling with the loss of her son calls for changes at Golden Ears Park. And then, but I've been to them for 50 years now since 1972. And meet Ginny Parsons, the Prince George hockey super fan who hardly ever misses a game. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are hearing harrowing stories from Canadians who suddenly found themselves in the middle of a war zone. At least 700 Israelis have died since yesterday's surprise attack by militants from Gaza and 413 Palestinians have been killed with Israel's prime minister warning of a long war ahead. Jeff Sample begins our coverage tonight in Jerusalem. I feel the most vulnerable uh, I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. This Israeli and former Torontonian was one of thousands who attended an overnight weekend music festival near Israel's border with Gaza. He recorded this video just moments before rockets started raining down. Because there's loud music, you don't really hear it, but when you can see the sky is like fireworks. And I tell my friend, I'm like, okay, just, I, think, I think we're getting bombed. You know, and then as soon as I said that, the music cuts off. Israelis are used to hearing rockets from Gaza. The vast majority are shot down by Israel's Iron Dome. But then he heard a different noise. <laughs> Suddenly, gunmen from Gaza started firing into the crowd. Panicked partygoers scrambled in all directions. It was something of like a movie scene. When I was running away, it was like I felt like prey. Um, running away from a predator. Many didn't make it. Some were murdered as they tried to escape. Rescue crews have recovered more than 250 bodies. Others were kidnapped, now being held hostage by Hamas, including this man's wife and two young daughters. I want to ask of Hamas, don't hurt them. Don't hurt little children, don't hurt women. If you want me instead, I'm willing to come. Photos of people are missing right now. This Nick Zhihalev swipes through the faces of the missing, including several friends. Most likely are dead or kidnapped. You know? He and some others escaped on foot and hid in a barn. It was several hours, he says, before he saw anyone from the Israeli military. Where are we? You know, where we were supposed to be this strong military, and like this is, and that was like crazy. After getting caught off guard, Israel's military is hitting back hard, mobilizing thousands of reservists and formally declaring a state of war. Their targets in Gaza have included a mosque and apartment buildings. This mother says three of her children are dead and a fourth is missing after an Israeli rocket crashed into their home. She was trapped under the rubble for hours. Israel blames Hamas for using civilians as shields, the casualties mounting on both sides to horrific heights not seen in decades. It feels unprecedented. It doesn't feel real. This Israeli-Canadian lives in Toronto and came here last week to get married. Oh, 
But their honeymoon was short-lived. I woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning to my dad banging on our door, letting us know that air raid sirens had gone off. She and her extended family sheltered for hours yesterday as explosions and gunfire rumbled outside. I'm a third-generation Holocaust survivor. And today we have reports that this is the single most amount of Jews that have been murdered in a single day since the Holocaust. It seems industrialized. It's a massacre. She was one of several Canadians we spoke with here today, now desperately trying to get out back to Canada, afraid the situation here will only get worse. Jeff Semple, Global News, Jerusalem. Here at home, the fighting is bringing old divisions to the forefront. Palestinian supporters staged a rally in Vancouver, facing condemnation from supporters of Israel. Cassidy Moscone has that part of the story. Pro-Palestinian voices heard more than 10,000 kilometers away from conflict. This is the most important, one of the most important issues of our time. It doesn't matter how far we are, we have to come out. Free, free more than 50 supporters of the Palestinian people march in Vancouver. This is not human stuff that's happening. It's as simple as that. I'm in support of people who are defending themselves. We're absolutely appalled. I mean, we just had 700 innocent people lose their lives at the hands of a terrorist group, not because I said it's a terrorist group, but because Canada said it's a terrorist group. Now, these people may think it's a revolution. It's not a revolution, it's an abomination. Vancouver's Jewish community speaking out. We still have members of our community who have children who are missing, who are presumed to have been abducted. Right out onto that side. And they're doing a banner drop? It is absolutely shocking. Similar rallies happening across North America. Ontario's Premier publicly speaking out against what he calls hate rallies in his province. BC's opposition weighing in. I find it incredibly disturbing that there are people living amongst us who would celebrate the mass murder of innocent people, including children, young people, uh, the rape of women. Another pro-Palestine rally is planned at the Vancouver Art Gallery Monday. Cassidy Moscone, Global News. At least one person from Vancouver is missing as the fighting continues in Israel and Gaza as the Canadian government scrambles to track citizens in the region. Travis Prasad joins us with that part of the story. Travis, what's the latest? Krista, Global Affairs Canada says it is aware of reports that a Canadian has been killed amid the violence and that two more Canadians are missing. Officials now working with Israeli authorities to confirm that. Meanwhile, Global News has learned a young man from Vancouver is missing in Israel. It was first reported by King David High School in a Facebook post saying a former student, 2018 grad Ben Mizrahi, was attending an event in southern Israel and is now missing. His family is asking for privacy at this time, but Mizrahi's disappearance is not an isolated incident. We're hearing from another Canadian who's been living in Israel for over a year now. Some people he and his partner know are not accounted for, and he says the whole region is flooded with uncertainty. Some of my partner's colleagues were, were killed in the last couple of days. Um, some of her friends and acquaintances have been, we don't know, we, we think they're kidnapped. We, we don't know, we're, we're hoping for news. Um, they're still missing, so it's just a tense situation. And, you know, their friends are, are, we don't know what's happening. It's really scary. 
Global Affairs Canada says there are about 2,000 Canadians registered in the region, 1,419 of them in Israel and another 492 in the West Bank and Gaza. Registration is voluntary, so this is likely not a complete picture of Canadians in that area. So far, Global Affairs has responded to 429 inquiries from Canadians, most of them related to travel advisories and trying to find out the status of flights. Canadians are being advised to avoid all non-essential travel to Israel, the West Bank and Gaza as the conflict continues. Krista. Travis, thank you. That's Travis Prasad reporting live in studio for us. Vancouver police are asking for witnesses to come forward after a serious crash in Vancouver last night left an 18-year-old woman with critical injuries. The crash happened around 11 p.m. Saturday when an SUV collided with a BMW near Granville and King Edward. That closed the road for several hours. Two blocks north at Balfour and Granville, another crash, this time between a VPD cruiser and a Tesla. It's unclear if the two scenes are connected. Two people were also taken to hospital in that crash, but they are said to be in stable condition. Police say no charges have been laid and the investigation is ongoing. A major fundraising drive in Chinatown for victims of a random attack got a major Thanksgiving boost. One of our sponsors, Regency Auto, um, has offered to match uh, the 15000 uh, with this campaign. The donation drive was launched after three people were stabbed last month at the end of the Light Up Chinatown Festival on September 10th. The attack shook the neighborhood. The man accused in the stabbing has a history of violence in B.C. They have already raised $10,000 and the sponsor will match donations dollar for dollar. From the victim's standpoint, uh, they're very grateful to see this outpouring of support. I, I think that uh, I think have it being involved in a stabbing might uh, make you question about um, you know, the society that we live in, but it's things like this that actually I think that it, it makes, it redeems that. I think it, it restores your faith in, in humanity and, and the idea that, you know, there's people around living in, in our community that care about you. Organizers are hoping to raise another $5,000 and then distribute the money equally between the three victims. Coming up, dozens of trout deaths in West Vancouver. The warning to residents about improper dumping of pool water and the environmental impacts. Plus, a long-awaited playground for the Lytton First Nation, how a nonprofit repurposed a playground with the help of the community. The lower mainland mother is still trying to figure out how her teenage son was taken from her in the blink of an eye. They were relaxing in Golden Ears Park in August, but as Grace Key reports, the boy went into the water and never came back out. It's the first time Michelle Thomas has been back to North Beach at Golden Ears Park since her 13-year-old son Ivan drowned her last August. It's hard. It, it, it brings back all the pain and sadness. Like that day, the joy just suddenly turned into a deep sorrow. They were enjoying the day with another family when some of the kids went wading in the water. Yeah, of course, as parents, you, you, you keep an eye on them, watch them. And in just a minute, I was just probably taking pictures or look on the other side. He was gone. 
all I saw was his crocs floating in the water, and I, I, I really can't understand how it happened. Michelle called 911, and several people dove in trying to find her son. A stranger spotted Ivan about 20 to 30 feet below the surface of the water, but wasn't able to pull him out. Michelle is calling for improvements to the popular recreational area. There should be some uh, a life preserver here, a rope, a buoy, or a sign that there's a, a, a drop-off and that they have to wear maybe a life jacket because during that time there are people just doing cliff, cliff jumping and it's hard to understand why there is no any sign of precautions here. Michelle says divers arrived about an hour later and were able to pull Ivan out, but it was too late. There shouldn't be any parents enduring the, the pain and distress of losing a child because of a tragic accident like that. Grace Key, Global News. There will be no emergency room service at the Nicola Valley Hospital in Merritt tomorrow. Interior Health says the ER will be closed until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Patients are being told to travel to Kamloops if they need to visit the emergency room. Residents in Merritt have vowed to rally two days after every temporary closure. And the town's mayor says he'll be withholding money from the province for every time services are denied. Seniors advocates are calling for improvements in long-term care homes following the release of a recent report. The BC Seniors Advocate Report highlights there has been no improvements in quality of care as funding gets reallocated. The Independent Long-Term Council of BC identified systemic issues which include lack of specialized training and staffing shortages. They say these issues directly impact patient care. Well, staffing is the number one. Um, the staffing shortage is a big issue and it leads into all kinds of other complications. It leads to malnutrition, it leads to dehydration, um, it leads to, to health issues within the care residents because if, you know, the, the staff and the people are not there to help them with feeding, to help them to, you know, people with dementia forget to drink. So you need to regularly remind them to drink and finish their water, to take their medications. Then you get into the spiral of health that, that becomes a problem. West Vancouver is warning residents to be careful when they're emptying their pools this fall. City staff are delivering letters door to door in the Wood Creek area near Harbor Elementary School. They say about 50 cutthroat trout were killed last month because a contaminant in the creek. Uh, they say a volume of chlorinated water from a residential pool or hot tub was likely released with the drought making the situation worse. They say even small amounts of chlorinated water can cause serious environmental impacts. Obviously the loss of any fish is, is, um, is unfortunate. Fortunately, I think it, it has cleaned itself out, um, so there won't be any residual damage. But again, the, the focus is on just being more thoughtful, not putting things onto the street, not putting things that could end up in our creeks. The city says chlorinated water should only be drained into the sanitary sewer system and not into storm drains. Violations of local bylaws can result in fines. 
The village of Cash Creek is set to have a new bridge on Highway 97 after spring floods wiped out much of the highway earlier this year. The Provincial Ministry of Transportation says construction of a new bridge in Cash Creek is part of the community's flood defenses. Culverts were overwhelmed by rapid snowmelt last spring, leading to extensive flooding, and that has become a yearly occurrence. The ministry says the new bridge, 13 meters long and four lanes wide, will withstand floodwaters. We saw water overtopping the road, washing out some of our travel lanes, uh, certainly impacting the creek channel and its ability to pass water. Uh, a lot of debris comes down the channel and uh, quite a lot of water at the same time. There's a culvert under Highway 97 that uh, filled up and overflowed and ran water down Highway 97 and down Highway 1 and took out the entrance and exit to the Todd Road Bridge and even did damage down uh, the bridge across the Bonaparte River. Construction is slated to begin this winter and is expected to be ready for the end of 2024. It's been delayed by a pandemic and a devastating wildfire, but the Lytton First Nation will soon be getting a long-awaited playground. It's a welcome sight for children, and it's also the first project in Canada for an organization called The Power of Play. They normally operate in Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and South America. But now they plan a number of projects for Indigenous communities in Canada. They say it's important for children to have a place to play, particularly after fire devastated the area two years ago. And Lytton First Nation community, they don't have any infrastructure for kids. And for the kids to get to the first playground, they have to cross the river with the cable ferry or walk over the rail bridge, uh, and it's really far. Uh, they've been trying to have a playground for past eight years, and we, they got a hold of us, and we had the opportunity to build it for them. The playground was finished about a month ago, repurposing a playground from a Vancouver school and built with the help of community members. The organization says about four or 500 children will benefit from the new structure. Coming up, recovery in Lahaina. What can still be salvaged as the rebuilding continues in Maui and the question still unanswered. Plus, AI diagnosis. The new research out of Alberta and how the team plans to use artificial intelligence to diagnose heart conditions. More than 2,000 people have been killed in Afghanistan following a powerful earthquake on Saturday. According to the Taliban administration, an additional 9,000 people have been injured as the search for survivors continues. Multiple earthquakes struck roughly 35 kilometers northwest of the city of Herat, with one of those measuring a 6.3 magnitude, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. Many areas of Afghanistan are inaccessible by road, and scattered villages are often made up of mud homes that are susceptible to collapse. Last year, a magnitude 6.2 quake hit eastern Afghanistan and killed more than 1,000 people. In Lahaina, the recovery and rebuilding efforts continue two months after fire ravaged parts of Maui. But with a lack of materials and workers, there remains many obstacles ahead. Joel Senek reports. I gotcha. One by one, residents return to survey what remains in the fire-ravaged town of Lahaina on Maui. There's a lot of nails here. These charred out ruins now accessible as officials lift some restrictions for those who call this piece of Hawaii home. 
It's been two months since a catastrophic wildfire ripped through the region. Officials say at least 98 people have been killed, the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. It's pretty sad. My sister uh, kind of looks, she's not herself anymore, that's for sure. Uh, it'll take her a while to get back to normal. Calgary's Tim Larson grew up in Lahaina on the west part of the island where his family still lives. They escaped the flames but lost two homes and a condo. Officials say strong winds appear to have knocked down a power line, igniting dry brush. We must make every effort to be vigilant and try and prevent a similar disaster from striking again. The investigation continues into what happened. An independent fire research group is tasked with assessing the policies and performance of state and county agencies. Every time I try to ask my mom like what's happening, they, they have way more questions than answers. The fire destroyed more than 2,000 buildings. Roughly 6,700 people continue to seek shelter in hotels. However, some structures did survive the flames. County officials have marked at least 12 important sites they believe can be salvaged. There are buildings here that, you know, historic buildings, important historic buildings that I think can be, be re repaired. But for many, the task now turns to a massive rebuild. With the lack of material, lack of workers, it's, it's going to take a while. An enormous effort, but one Larson says those on the island hope can be achieved so life can return back to normal. Joel Senek, Global News, Washington. A group of researchers at the University of Alberta are hoping to change the way we diagnose heart conditions. The team is training artificial intelligence to find problems with people's hearts. And as Mason Depati reports, it could lead to better treatment options for patients. These are made to be 3D. Edmonton is a hotbed for artificial intelligence and cardiac imaging. A new research project is looking to take advantage and combine both sectors to create potentially life-saving tech. So what we decided to do was bring everybody together into, into one field and one room and do a, a very large-scale project. The three-year project based out of the University of Alberta is trying to create AI that can diagnose heart issues. It takes uh, routinely collected information such as uh, ultrasounds or CTs or MRIs of the heart and it combines that onto um, a very giant storage area with high, uh, high power computing. Funded by a million dollar grant from the University Hospital Foundation, data scientists, AI experts and cardiologists are working to set up the required infrastructure and train the program. Once complete, the AI will take into consideration factors like blood work and blood pressure along with a pixel by pixel analysis of the patient's heart. It means earlier detection and more detailed info about heart issues, allowing doctors to create better treatment plans. We can add on an algorithm which can work in the background and say, actually, while you're looking at that, we might have figured out that this person might have this underlying disease based on a number of combination of other factors that may not be visually uh, something that we would be able to pick up as a, as a human reading that, that image. It's a tool with a potentially massive impact. According to the Heart and Stroke Foundation, heart disease is the second leading cause of death in Canada after cancer. Not only is it the people that are living with these conditions that are affected, but also their loved ones, their caregivers, and the healthcare system itself. The research team says a three-year timeline for the project is aggressive, but it hopes it'll soon be helping medical professionals around the world. We do think that both the, our leadership in AI and imaging um, is globally leading, so we think our impact should be global. Mason DePetit, Global News. 
Still ahead, serving up meals and smiles this Thanksgiving Day. The Salvation Army's annual holiday dinner, all the food and fixings for the hundreds in need. Thanksgiving community meal is back at the Salvation Army's Harbor Light in Vancouver today after a three-year hiatus. After COVID altered plans from a feast to a meal to go, this year residents experiencing hardship had a chance to get together and celebrate. The in-person gathering served 500 meals. Organizers and those attending say it's a great place for people to build connections. Affordability is a huge challenge for Vancouver um, residents and um, our folks are seeing an increased amount of um, challenges with food security and we've seen increases um, in our food banks and stuff. So um, canoe meals is a really essential part of um, their daily life. A lot of our um, folks, like if they don't um, access food bank, like they might not get a kitchen to be able to cook. So they really rely on community meals to be able to, um, where we have a kitchen and we can cook for them and provide that service for them. Staff and volunteers have been preparing for this day for more than a month. And what a great program and a great day to do it all. Chief Meteorologist Mark Madriga joining us. Thanks so much for being here on this Thanksgiving day. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> a pleasure to be here. I brought some turkey leftovers mm, today. So it was, a, it was a good day. And uh, <laughs> just uh, seeing the sunset now, you can see some of the colors. And uh, the uh, temperature peaked at 20 at the Vancouver Airport this afternoon. The record for the date, 21 back in 1943. The record low, minus one in 1985. Now that's a fake turkey, it's just my little graphic here. So if you're doing Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow, uh, rain is gonna move in mid to late morning through the afternoon and then drier tomorrow night, but you'll see more rain coming on Tuesday. Today, Lytton, 29. In fact, it actually got to 29.6, so we need to round that to 30. That's a record. That was the highest temperature in Canada by far, but you see the interior very warm, but cooler air is definitely on the way. This is a powerful storm, low pressure center in here. Vicious winds up on Haida Gwaii, a wind warning in effect, 110 kilometer an hour southeasterlies tonight. Uh, the farther south you go, the wind a lot less, like Metro Vancouver, and we'll have the front pass through tomorrow with that rain moving in. But this is storm warnings for Mariners, 85 kilometer an hour winds or higher uh, in purple and Haida Gwaii again in a wind warning uh, where those winds are really picking up tonight. Now I have the next three days, uh, tomorrow through Wednesday in view for you. Some uh, cooling all areas, morning fog patches in the peace tomorrow. Whitehorse, some rain tomorrow on a high of 10, but partly sunny Tuesday, sunny on Wednesday. Northern BC coast, and again, Haida Gwaii, as I'm saying, blustery and rainy right through tonight and tomorrow. Drier Tuesday and a mix of sun and cloud by Wednesday. But temperatures are going to drop off really all through the interior. 21 tomorrow, still warm in the Caribou Central interior, gusty winds, and then mostly sunny and a bit cooler on Tuesday. That's all right. Uh, some clouds later in the day for the Columbia Kootenai. Showers by Tuesday and the Thompson Okanagan. Showers late tomorrow and into tomorrow night and Tuesday, and a cooling trend for sure. Closer to the coast, here's Whistler, wet tomorrow, still showers on Tuesday, and then gradual drying into Wednesday. And that's uh, similar for a lot of the south coast, where we'll have the showers overnight and tomorrow morning on the island, and more Tuesday, and then a drier Wednesday. Metro Vancouver, I'm looking at Wednesday, late day clearing. Thursday, sunshine, and a nice mix of sun and cloud holding into Friday. There you are. Looks good. Thursday and Friday looks pretty good. Thanks, Mark. All right.
A Uganda Independence Day celebration is planned at the Centennial Lodge in New Westminster tonight, all while raising money and awareness for a good cause. The JAMA Fest organization hosting the free of cost celebration tonight. Through various events, JAMA Fest raises money and provides support to new immigrants and families in shelters. Attendees will get the opportunity to interact with newcomers to hear their perspective while learning more about the culture. The guests that attend the event are really going to um, get a, you know, immersive cultural experience. Um, it's also an opportunity to shed light on the challenge that newcomers are facing um, and we are looking to bring food we're looking to bring arts and we're looking to bring music so you'll really get to experience ugandan culture without having having actually having to fly to uh, uganda and you can bet that there will be amazing food and music yeah, yeah. there All for right. sure okay. All right, Barry DeLeg is in now sports. Yes. What's going on? First of all, I have to acknowledge Mark Madriga. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a minute since I've uh, shared the desk with you. Brings and back memories. Yeah, well, I, I know you never work weekends, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're so honored that you're here. But I am up at 2.30 in the morning, so let's get on with it. Let's get going. All right. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, the Canucks have uh, got their final roster ready for the uh, season opener. They also made a trade today, so we'll fill you in on all that. Take a look back at a uh, gutsy performance by the Whitecaps uh, last night in Seattle and NFL Sunday of course the Chiefs played was Taylor Swift there these burning <laughs> questions okay. uh, will be answered in a few minutes. I'm starting to pay more attention to the football now and I'm noticing oh, that yeah. for my ratings personally <laughs> as well so Taylor Swift's in whether whether I want so it fingers crossed she'll be yeah. there okay thanks Barry we'll well, still ahead, bouncing back after the bird flu. The turkey abundance back on store shelves this holiday. Why food producers are still keeping a watchful eye. To breaking news now, police are responding to a serious three-vehicle crash in Burnaby. Let's go to our Brad Russell, who is flying over the scene. Brad. Thank you very much, Krista. Global One is over Sperling and Curtis in Burnaby in the site of this three-vehicle collision. Uh, crews just worked to extract a subject from the car you can see there, and they're attending to that person now in the back of the ambulance. Uh, best just to maybe avoid this area for the next little while as they work to clean this up and uh, get everybody where they need to go. But uh, I definitely don't like to see this on a Thanksgiving night. Krista? Thanks, Brad. Well, during times of rising inflation and high cost of living, there's no doubt the holidays can be a difficult time for many. From celebrating alone or being able to afford a meal, it's especially true for those experiencing homelessness. Victoria Famia has, has more now on how a Kelowna charity is hoping to give people a boost this holiday. About 400 people are going to enjoy turkey meals from our kitchen today. While many were still sleeping, the outreach team at Kelowna's Gospel Mission was out serving breakfast to those experiencing homelessness. In the morning we served about 120 breakfasts down at OS4. We're going out with a little over 100 uh, lunch sandwiches. Our kitchen team, they've been amazing. They've been prepping for so, so long. The outreach team trying to boost spirits for those who might be celebrating alone. It has been a bit difficult, of course, uh, for a lot of 
our unsheltered neighbors. Um, they have been struggling, of course, with the social isolation that has increased. Um, not only that, uh, it's also been cleanup week. So I think that this lunch is going to be a super uplifting time for them. It's the one thing that they've been looking forward to all week. According to a report out of Dalhousie University, the price of an average turkey rose 18% compared with last year's Thanksgiving. And that's also the same for other Thanksgiving staples, which means affording a holiday feast could be a struggle for almost anyone. We're seeing that more and more. I mean, it's hard enough for my staff to afford a turkey, let alone people who are uh, struggling with basic needs affordability right now. So I have a ton of compassion for everybody and realize that there's many people who would be hoping to sit down to a big turkey meal with their families, maybe, and that that's not a reality for so many. We see so many, but there's a lot of hidden homelessness and consumers noticing a significant increase in grocery prices like for like a few chips and eggnog that's out now, um, like 56 bucks. Uh, we're used to the shop factor now. Yeah, so. it's hard to get surprised anymore. The prices are outrageous. Kind of shocked at the price of turkey. There was a 14 and a half pound turkey for $100. The gospel is serving breakfast, lunch and dinner this Thanksgiving, making sure no one goes hungry. I just like honestly being there as somebody who is there for them when they don't necessarily have anybody else. Victoria Famia, Global News, Kelowna. Well, if you're typically in charge of buying the Thanksgiving turkey for your family gathering, you may have noticed a wider selection this year. Turkey groups say the industry bounced back in 2023 after being hit hard by bird flu. But as Joe Scarpelli reports, farmers are still weary. The Sunday morning turkey selection at some grocery stores has shoppers shocked. There's quite a bit today. And I'm going, okay, here we are Sunday. <laughs> I think often by now they might be sold out, but, but they certainly had lots. Turkey producers say Canada has an abundant supply this year. After being hit hard by bird flu in 2022, the industry bounced back from underproduction. Our producers have um, gotten right back into business. It totally boils down to the producers putting in hard work. Our producers were in their barns, pressure washing uh, day in and day out, uh, cleaning, disinfecting. Prices too appear to be leveling off, though how much you pay can depend on where you buy and if it's fresh or frozen. Prices are, are, are very competitive, stable. Um, especially when compared to competing proteins. There have only been a few cases of avian influenza in poultry flocks this season, according to the Turkey Farmers of Canada. But still, farmers are keeping a close eye on the situation, especially now when the risk of infection for wild birds during migratory season is high. It's definitely something that isn't gone. Um, it's less, but it's always something in, that, uh, that our farmers keep uh, that are cognizant of and keep track of and, and make sure that we're uh, being vigilant. While consumers are being thankful this weekend. Joe Scarpelli, Global News. Well, Barry is here after the break and it has been a long haul for the Whitecaps and now they're finally getting a little bit of R&R. Let your taste buds run wild at Cornucopia, Whistler's annual fall food festival of food and drink. With over 100 events for festival goers, including tastings, culinary demonstrations, winemaking dinners, and more. Step into a world of autumn enchantment during fantastic fall days at the Vancouver Aquarium. Explore the deep sea maze, a spooky wet lab, and immerse yourself in the Octopus 40 movie experience. For Our BC, I'm Yvonne Schell in partnership with Preventable and the BC Office of the Fire Commissioner. 
Yellow lines don't prevent fire injuries and deaths. You do. Test your smoke alarms at least once a year. Barry DeLay is in now. Barry, the Canucks finished the preseason, and mm -hmm. now they're heading to the regular That's season. That's right. Oh, uh, Wednesday against uh, Connor McDavid. Mm. Maybe Ooh. you've heard of him and the <laughs> Oilers. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Finally starting to play for real, and they uh, made some adjustments to the lineup today. Thanks so much, Krista. The uh, Canucks opened the regular season at home Wednesday to Edmonton. And today they made a number of roster moves. First of all, they have acquired forward Sam Lafferty from the Maple Leafs for a 2024 fifth round pick. Lafferty has 210 games NHL experience with the Penguins, that team again, Blackhawks and Leafs. He is a bottom six right-handed center who can kill penalties, gives the Canucks a lot more grit, and he did score 12 goals last season, so he kind of does it all. Defenseman Christian Wallanen and forward Jack Studnika were put on waivers for the purpose of sending them to Abbotsford. Nils Amon also sent to Abbey. And young defenseman Akito Hirose was recalled from the farm. He could be an option Wednesday with Guillaume Brisbois and Carter Soucy currently injured. Well, the Whitecaps get a much-needed rest after finishing a tough string of seven matches in 21 days last night in Seattle. A nil-nil draw with the uh, Sounders. The Whitecaps have one game left, October 21st, home to LAFC. If they win that, Vancouver could finish in the top four and get home field advantage for the opening round best of three. Last night, they gutted out an important point against a very solid Sounders team. Richie Larea and the Caps hoping that they can get that home field advantage. What an advantage that would be. Ryan Gall has scored so many, but no luck there. Hits the goal post, still scoreless. Will it come from the Sounders? Albert Rusnik has a chance, but a great save by uh, Yohei Takaoka, who's had a, had a great night last night. Had some shaky moments in recent matches, but that's very uh, good that he is starting to play now. And another great save here off Christian Roldan. So it ends in a nil-nil draw. The Whitecaps remain fifth. They can still finish as high as third. They host LAFC on the final day of the season in two weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy because we showed the spirit that we have to have in the playoffs. And the spirit that we have, that we have to have against the LAFC for the last game of the season, trying to clinch one of the top four uh, places that would give us even event, two eventual games at home for the playoffs. That would be fantastic. NBA preseason from Rogers Arena. The Raptors have held their training camp in Vancouver this week. Big crowd on hand. Raptors' new head coach this year, Serbian Draco Rajakovic. Another new Raptor, guard Dennis Schroeder, the former Laker, led Germany to gold at the World Cup of Basketball a month ago. Hits the three. It was tied after one. Then the Raptors really hit the gas. OG and Yanobi. From distance, 47-42 Toronto, and then Pascal Siakam forces the turnover. Little alley-oop feed to OG for the dunk, and the Raps are up six. And then in transition, Malachi Flynn to Scotty Barnes to Montreal's Chris Boucher for the jam. The Raptors playing some nice team basketball, and they lead now 81-57 in the third. NFL today, Chiefs and Vikings from Minnesota. No Taylor Swift today, perhaps writing breakup songs for Travis Kelsey as we speak. Speaking of Kelsey, makes the catch but turns his ankle, hobbles off the field, did not look good to return, but he did come back midway through the third quarter and does this, an incredible catch. Strong hands to bring that one in, keeps the Chiefs' drive going, and it will culminate 
With this, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Touchdown pass. What a gutsy performance from Kelsey. That's why Taylor is now not breaking up with him. Chiefs win 27-20. That should be they improved to 4-1. and one. Big NFC showdown. Cowboys and 49ers. Dallas 3-1. San Fran 4-0. Oh. Brock Purdy was 20-21 for 21 last week. He's been so good. Went 4-4 four for four on his opening drive tonight. Capped by this 19-yard touchdown pass to George Kittle. That is one lethal offense the 49ers have. They're up 7-0. And then in the second quarter, the Niners tack on to the lead. Some razzle-dazzle here. Purdy will find Kittle again down the sidelines. And Big George takes it in for his second TD of the night. 38-yarder. And the 49ers lead right now 21-7 late in the first half. Meanwhile, the 4-0 Eagles at the 2-2 L.A. Rams. The Rams, though, hung tough, took the lead in the second quarter. Matthew Stafford, this is a nice throw, drops it in for Puka Nakua. Touchdown Rams, they led it 14-10, but the Eagles with yet another tush-push touchdown. They've done it a few times now this season when they just get the big linemen behind and push their way in. Eagles win again, 23-14. They're undefeated at 5-0. New York football giants at Miami taking on the high-octane Dolphins. Chase Claypool not activated, just traded to the Dolphins a few days ago. Devon Achan will bust a 76-yard touchdown run here, and the Dolphins are up 14 to nothing. Third quarter, they're back for more. Tua Tungabailoa will find Tyreek Hill. Perfect throw here by the left-hander. Tua hits Hill in stride, a 69-yard touchdown. Dolphins hang 524 total yards offense on the Giants and win it 31-16. Dolphins now 4-1. and one. Baseball playoffs now, game two, Rangers and Orioles. Texas really rolling after a week ago when they lost that last game to Seattle to lose the division. People wondered, but man, they're playing well. Leota Taveras with a double to the wall and left scores two. Texas went on to tack on three more in the inning and led five to two. And then they put this one away with a four run third. All of them coming on one swing. Mitch Garver with the bases loaded homer also known as the Grand Slam. 9-2 Texas at that point. Baltimore made a late charge, but the Rangers win 11-8. They lead the best of 5-2-0. Game 3 Tuesday. AL East teams are 0-6 so far in the playoffs. The Jays, Rays, and Orioles all struggle. Qatar Grand Prix under the lights, but it's still extremely hot conditions for the drivers. A lot of them, uh, including Canadian Lance Stroll, said he almost passed out. It was so hot. Opening lap, Mercedes teammates Lewis Hamilton and George Russell trying to chase down Max Verstappen, but Hamilton will clip Russell. It's disastrous for Mercedes. Hamilton with big damage. His race day is done before the opening lap. Russell recovered to finish fourth, but it's Verstappen one more time. His 14th win of the season. That's 14 wins in 18 races. He's clinched the Drivers' Championship already. The record for wins in a season, 15, set by Verstappen last year. PGO Tour, the Sanderson Farms Championship from Jackson, Mississippi. You win, you get a million dollars and that rooster trophy. It went to a five-man playoff. It was Luke List from 43 feet. That's the winner, and uh, he gets the Sanderson Farms Championship. Series Adam Svensson did not have a great day. Two over 74, finished tied for 16th. Six shots behind the winner. On the Corn Ferry Tour, Merritt's Roger Sloan 
just missed out on automatic qualification for the PGA Tour, so Roger will have to go to Q School and qualify that way. And quickly, in the Premiership, big showdown between Manchester City and Arsenal, like last year, battling it out for top of the table. No scoring until late second half. Gabriel Martinelli of Arsenal steps into it, drills it off the head of Nathan Ake and in. It's Martinelli's goal and Arsenal with a massive victory 1-0 over Man City. You've now dropped two straight league matches. Arsenal and Spurs tied us top the standings through eight weeks. That's it. You teased me a little bit with the Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah, I knew she wasn't there, but I wasn't going to give it away. That's great. Well, okay. It's so, Minnesota, not New York, okay? That's true. Yeah. Um, so you watch a lot of sports? Well, yeah. A little bit. Uh, so next, we'll introduce you to a super fan who has watched sports for 50 years, and that's in Prince George. The Spruce Kings' number one fan is Jenny Parsons, who's had season tickets for decades. That's it's a good one. Great. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. Well, there is a one in one chance you'll find Ginny Parsons at the next Prince George Spruce Kings game. Look in section seven, row seven, seat 13 at the Copar Memorial Arena and you'll find Ginny. That's the same spot she's occupied for 50 years. She originally bought season tickets with her husband. And not only is she a fan, she's been a billet for players coming to play in Prince George. And since 1972, she's missed less than a handful of games. Four. Four games? Four games. And if I'm not there, the people in the area I sit fool me to make sure I'm okay. People within that barn, it's the most friendly people you want to meet. Whether you know who they are, they always say hi to you when you come in to the games. Hmm. Ginny plans on being at every home game again this season. She's like the players. You look for the players, you look for the coach, and then you look for Ginny. She is loyal. <laughs> That's a long time to cheer for one team. And she cheers for him, win or lose, I'm sure, which yeah. is the best kind of fan. Well, just like we've cheered for the Canucks for 50-something years, you know? That's right. Every oh, game. Yeah, I think the Spruce Kings have won a little more than the Canucks. <laughs> maybe, okay. We've been close. If it's more than one, then they have. We <laughs> <laughs> greater than one? Yeah. We've been close. We've been close. Yeah. We have. Three times. Twice. <laughs> Three Twice. Times. Three times. Yes. Uh, um, quick, for yes. quick forecast. Uh, rain kicking in tomorrow morning. It'll ease tomorrow late in the day. Come back Tuesday. And then later in the week looks all right. Thanks, Marks. Okay. Thanks for joining yeah. us on this My Thanksgiving pleasure. day. Special. <laughs> we're, we're thankful. We that. are thankful for that. Have a good night.